0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Brands That Podcast. I am Jeremiah and I get the pleasure of introducing this episode. Every few episodes, Eric and I sit down together and chat about all things podcasting and try our best to bring you value as a CMO or a head of marketing or a founder or a startup on how you can use podcasting to grow your brand. So uh, if you're new to this show, this show is focused on mostly it's Eric interviewing other brands that are using podcasting well to grow and then drawing out insights and tips and things that you can use in your business. And then every few episodes, we do these episodes where we talk together about these things. So as a quick reminder, uh, we wanted to say if you have any topics that you want us to talk about, either in these episodes or if there's any guests you want to see on the show, any brands that you've noticed doing podcasting especially well. Go to brandsthatpodcast.com forward slash hi and fill out the form there. Send us a message. Let us know what you want to see. So, Eric, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, man. Good to be back. Good to be back. Okay, so today's we're going to talk about making the most of your podcast. You know, so starting your own, your own podcast is obviously not an easy feat. It can be really, really valuable. Talked about that before. You can be the show that people are listening to in your industry. You can build trust. You can grow an audience. You can deliver value. You can raise awareness. But just like your website or your social media channels, building that audience or getting people to check out your podcast takes time and effort. So while you patiently work towards that, we wanted to talk about some ways that you can still sort of squeeze every last drop of value out of what you're making in the here and now today. And then just in general, talk about the broader point of Making the most of your podcast, and Eric and I have been talking a lot about this, and Eric has the benefit especially of dealing with clients on a regular basis and helping them think through this, so we wanted to sort of share those thoughts so I guess Eric, to get started, what would be a short summary of all the ways that podcasting can be used effectively right away, even if there's no big audience so while you know while people wait to sort of they may never hit a thousand listeners or ten thousand listeners. But does that mean that their podcast is wasted? And if not, what are some
1: ways that they can utilize that content in the here and now? This is a super interesting question and one that we get a lot. And actually, when we talk about it a lot with people who are kind of new to podcasting or brands that are new and thinking about getting involved, their first thought is, who's going to listen to the podcast? How many listeners am I going to get? And that's really where it stops because that is, in their mind, where the connection is made between the value of having a podcast and actually doing one, which is the listenership we can grow and ideally build this big following and big audience, which obviously is a little bit hazy on like how long that would take. Would we be able to pull that off and those sorts of things? And so to your point of having a way to ROI the podcast on the way to building that audience is something that we as a team and you and I obviously have talked like a ton about when we're talking with, with brands who are kind of new to this, what we share is like, there are so many ways to use this podcast proactively in a way that may not necessarily be obvious when you first think about podcasting a couple of those from like a high level standpoint, is using it in the sales process proactively. I'll I'll describe a little bit more what I mean by that. And then using it as a pillar kind of piece of singular content that then turns into 10, 20, 30, like dozens of pieces of marketing content and almost acts as like a Trojan horse way to generate an entire content marketing system for the company in a way where the team is not having to pull up a blank Google doc and like, okay, what am I writing today? Like, and just start from scratch where the podcast is the center point of where ideas and inspiration for content comes from. And especially if you have guests, like you don't even have to think of it. Like the guests will think of this just absolutely a gold piece of wisdom or, or nugget or idea or concept. And then you can take that promote, The fact that they generated that idea, but then put your own layer of context on top of it and chop that up in a million different ways and into articles, tweets, LinkedIn posts, all these various things, which we can talk a little bit more about in general. But going back to the sales thing, so this is in the context of a B2B brand for the most part, or if you're selling anything that you are having sales calls for. So for the most part, this is not going to be like a direct-to-consumer brand where you have a, a product that is sold through e-com or anything like that. This is maybe like an enterprise SaaS company or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or even like an agency, You know, anything that requires a sales call. Okay. And the reason for that is and how you can use the podcast strategically to help assist with that process, to build trust, to close deals faster and at higher value is to put the podcast in front of prospects along the, the, the sales buying journey. This is a case where the prospect did not come in through the podcast. So they did not go to iTunes, find your show, listen to it, and then send you an email or fill out your contact form and say, Hey, right. you guys sound amazing. Like I'm in the market for this sort of product. Would love to talk. That did not happen. They came through some other channel. Okay. could have been paid ads, could have been relationships, could have been outbound sales that you have, like anything. But what you do through the buying journey is pull out either singular episodes or clips from episodes that overcome objections during the buying process. So every company like, is going to have a certain number of objections that are probably you have a list of, like 5, 10, 15 common standard objections that you get. From buyers during the the sales process. And you can actually, through the podcast, create content that addresses those objections, clip them out, or even just in an entire episode. But after your conversation with prospects, you send it to them. And maybe you cover that a little bit during the sales call, but you send them the podcast and the clips strategically. And they can listen on their own time. And the reason why that's beneficial is a couple reasons. One is they can listen in a non-defensive sort of environment. Like when you're on a sales call, there is a dynamic there where they know they're being sold to and they obviously are have a need or they wouldn't be on a call with you. But like there is a, a bit of a relationship there that can be somewhat adversarial. And in this case, they, they get to listen to to the objections that they had being overcome in an asynchronous way where they're not feeling the pressure to like respond to you or think strategically about like how to maneuver the conversation with you. They can sort of meditate on the points that you're making without 100%, you know, immediate pressure or something like that. 100% and they're hearing your voice still. So this is not like reading some marketing material that they're, that you're sending them that like has been, hundreds of hours have gone into like perfectly crafting these like PDF or these kits that you send over. And then they have to like, I mean, honestly, who reads those? Like, I know I don't like, especially when they're like 20 pages long and they're talking about who knows what. And I'm like, really, if I got a three minute clip of a founder of a company that I'm possibly thinking about doing business with talking with someone else in my industry, who is, who is like me, just working at a different company. And they're talking about something that I have a concern about. And the person he is interviewing or she is interviewing that looks like me is saying that the thing that I'm concerned about was actually alleviated by this product or by this tool or by the, the methodology in general. That's going to make me feel a, a lot better. And so that also is a gateway into the podcast itself. So, you send like a very specific thing, like, "Hey, we talked about on our call we, we we had a couple things we chatted about that you mentioned some hesitation around. I wanted to send you these three clips they're each two minutes, and we talked to some other founders in your industry about this very issue, think you would really find value in in checking it out, seeing what they had to say. so they listen to that, you build up some trust with that in an async way, and then very likely they're going to start going down the rabbit hole of your other episodes and hmm as long as you've built up like a backlog of very personal and effective content through these episodes like there really can't be in my opinion a better way to build that relationship other than just by like being in person or talking to that person i think that that is the next best most effective way to build that relationship right so this actually played out with a with a client of ours who put the podcast in front of a prospect during the sales process, the, the prospect did not come in through the podcast channel. It came through some other channel. And he sent her some some clips and some episodes. And also actually even, I think, included the podcast in his signature line in, in email. So every email he sends, obviously going to prospects and others, has the podcast in it. The prospect listened to the podcast over a weekend or two or something like that after having like multiple conversations with him and just really like having some hesitation around the whole thing came in after listening to the show and a few episodes and said, this was exactly what I needed to have the confidence to move forward because I got to hear what you all stand for and Hmm. how you think about things and have that time to really like understand that in a way that like a 30 minute sales call just can't, you can't get to. So yeah. I'll, I'll pause there for a minute, but, um, that's some ideas around the sales process. I do have one more angle on sales that I, I want to talk about, but I'll pause there for now.
0: Yeah, no. So you, man, so many good points to, to bring up here. So a quick summary of everything that was just said is basically here. You've sort of invested in this podcast. Either you've, you know, you've done it, you've run it internally, or you've hired an agency to produce it for you. And. The question on a lot of B2B companies' minds is, what, you know, what's our ROI? When are, you know, and they come in with these numbers in their minds, sort of, when are we going to hit these numbers that are going to do exactly what you describe, which is our ideal audience, our target customer, are going to find the show organically, same way they'd find your website organically, listen to it, check out our website, and then purchase the product or something like that. And I'm a believer that if you put in the work... I think every industry and the audience size is different. The numbers are going to be different. Um, I think the average podcast listenership is only like a couple hundred and, and it range, you know, it obviously goes up from there, but while you're working on that strategy and that is a strategy, you know, it'd probably be a separate episode that we can talk about is, is marketing your show and to, to drive more listenership. But while you're working for that strategy, you know, you have zero organic listens. No one's finding you on Spotify. No one's finding you on Apple. Eric's point is really essentially that you can still be proactive, talk to your sales team or or really equip like customer support or anything like anyone who, you know, who needs resources and you can arm them with these qu- clips or create a, a repository or follow up and say like, hey, if you want to listen to more of our thoughts or hear what we're about as a company or more about our cultures and values, you can share the show proactively. And I think the reason why this, you know, flies under the radar of a lot of people is it's so one by one like it's so you know people launch a podcast the same way they launch a YouTube channel what they hope is that they're going to push publish and all this thing you know thousands of people are going to flood the gates and and you know that that doesn't work with your website or with your software product or with your e-commerce business so why would you think it would work this way you know with, with a podcast so this is a way that I like about being really proactive about it and you know, like Eric said, not only does it let you deal with objections, but it's also really transparent. It lets you learn. It lets customers feel like they know you. And I think that's really huge that instead of being sold to, they just get to hear what you're about, what your voice sounds like, how friendly you are, what things you stand for. So yeah, those are, those are great examples. Go ahead. I have other things, but go ahead and follow up with your last point here.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things came to mind. One is I mentioned how primarily this is beneficial for cases when you have to do sales calls, sales conversations. That is a hundred percent true. I think it's most effective in that case because you can control it very specifically to that individual situation that you find yourself in and send the most relevant clip or episode or piece of content at that time to that person. I will say in a, like a direct to consumer environment, one way to, to use this is on leads or potential customers or whatever bucket or term you you put the, those folks under, you use this as a way to re-engage them. So I'm sure you have them on some sort of like marketing list or follow-up list or, or what have you. And a lot of times, maybe that list is just sitting there stale and you're not doing anything with it. Or you're just sending very like generic like hey you know you forgot to check out or like 10% off or like what have you but one possible angle to do this and and depending on what industry you're in if there if it is an industry that needs some trust built up maybe it's a health product that you have and like people are very skeptical on like if this health product is actually going to work the way that the marketing copy on the website indicates one way to do that is have the podcast generate obviously all of the content overcoming those sorts of objections that you get uh, or feedback you get from customers. And then just simply dropping that via email in your follow-up list to re-engage customers that did not convert. And I think that that would be extremely effective in boosting total sales volume and getting customers to come back who would have never otherwise came back. That's a great idea. I think You know what
0: what it makes me think about with all of this is from a marketing perspective, I can I feel like the if anyone feels fear with this, the fear is gonna be this. Like why like we if we get one chance to sort of re-engage them, it it can feel scary or risky to make the call to action. Hey, like saw you abandon your shopping cart. No worries. Like in the meantime, enjoy our podcast where you can learn about A, B, and C. You know, hope you enjoy. I personally believe that, like in the long run, they're like that's a better winning strategy. That's going to be a way to re-engage them. Your, I mean, by default, hopefully, your show is designed to add as much value to your customers as possible. So if you're, if every episode is giving them, you know, information or entertainment or value and making their life better and something that they want to come back to, then that is the right thing to do. Versus just saying, you know, sending putting them on some kind of um, follow-up campaign. Like you know, like they know about you. If they want to buy from you, they will when they're ready. And so the better way to stay engaged is is as Eric's kind of saying, like by pointing them to your podcast and keeping them engaged by giving them value. Whatever you know, whatever that is, whatever your industry is, whatever that means for your audience, whatever value means. If you're in B2B, it might be tips on helping them advance to their career, do their job better or faster. If you're, you know, direct to consumer, maybe it's a show about, I don't know, in, in the health industry, it could be like health tips where you interview Health gurus and on how to live a happier, healthier life. Like, who knows? But the point is, in all these examples, you're not waiting around for people to organically pick your health podcast out of 20. Exactly. You're instead going the reverse way. When they come to check out your natural supplement or your, you know, whatever your product is, your SaaS company you're using it in in the email copy maybe you're putting a top bar like a banner at the top of your website saying like hey not ready to buy no problem check out our podcast in the meantime you know or i think we do this on lemon pie we're going to be putting like a like a grow button. It's like we, you know, the mm. copy might change on it, but it's a, in the main navigation, it says like grow, like rather than being like blog or resources or podcast, just like here's a page where like we're going to throw all kinds of free stuff to help you do better in business. And we hope it helps you. All these are really, really, really good points. You mentioned going back to when, when this started, you said there's sort of this method that we've been breaking down, which is promote it by hand through all these channels to your customers. And then you mentioned also use it as inspiration, sort of take each episode and derive from that episode 10, 20, 30 pieces of content to share on social, to write long form articles on, your blog, medium. Talk about that a little bit, what what that can be used
1: for. Totally. And actually, I want to mention one more thing on the the sales and I, I promise I'll keep this short. But what we just talked about is one methodology for using it proactively in sales. The other methodology especially if your average customer lifetime value is, is high like five figures or six figures high. One way to do this is and do it, do it in an authentic and genuine way to where you're building a, a show that you care about and is quality and value. But by nature of the positioning of the show, you can actually invite on potential prospects that you'd like to work with as guests. So if you have a team doing outbound sales You obviously have a list of companies that they are doing outbound to that you're looking to possibly do business with. You think that they would benefit from your product or service. One way to approach this is to pull out maybe the top hardest to reach or whatever strategic number of names on that list that you think would make sense. And instead of sending them a cold email outreach to start a sales conversation, you invite them to be a guest on your podcast, highlighting their expertise in the industry that you all are in. There's more to be said there, you know, obviously you want to do that in a very authentic way. Like this is not a bait and switch where you are totally, you know, just creating a fake podcast to like get connections and, and network with people. But I think there is a way to do that very tactfully and very genuinely in a way that gets the guest what you have promised, which is promotion and great on a great branded show and exposure in the industry and then you can build a genuine relationship with that person, and maybe that leads to a sales opportunity. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does now. Maybe it does in two years. Who knows? But like that again is another way to be proactive with this, and not think that you know you're just gonna kind of haphazardly do 50 episodes with whatever guests you come up with, and something may or may not come from that. This is another way to to add a layer of proactive approach. To it, so I wanted. I wanted to mention that real quick. No, totally. I actually,
0: you and I. I mean, you know this about me, but I've I've run as a side project a a small you know software product for you know for a niche group of people. And when time allowed, like I ran a series of episodes, and it was the same exact thing. It was like it was totally genuine. I you know I I sought out the guests I did because I thought they were doing something really special or unique in the industry or. They would be really, really helpful for to help listeners um, to bring the most value to, to my listeners. But then it just naturally breeds this conversation because, you know, they're like, well, what do you do? Like, wh- what is this product that this podcast is sort of the face of? And it just gives a chance to talk about the product, to talk about what you do in a really natural conversational way. It's like we're it's not a sales call. We're here to promote you to introduce you to our audience, to hopefully draw some insights out of you because we think that you're really good. And then it just allows for this natural conversation. Like they're going to wonder what this is for. And it just provides this natural bridge into that. And I just want to echo that because you know we're both
1: really anti-sleazy tactics. So um, it can definitely yes. be done authentically and in a, in a good way. And we've seen this done sleazy, by the way, on one side of our business, we get to see behind the curtains of hundreds of podcasters, you know, because we're helping get our clients lined up and get interviewed on some of their shows. So they we interface with them. We correspond with them. They let us know when episodes go live, things like that. Ninety nine percent of them are are creating podcasts because they are genuine about why they are doing it and want to provide value and and yes there's a business case for it but they're doing it in an authentic way. There are some who do try a bait and switch here. And they immediately after the interview goes live, we get because we are the correspondents for for some of our clients, we get these like sales emails from them. Oh wow. And we start getting peppered with them like hey we've got this course or we've got this program or we've got this or we've got that and like we're on a list now that is past guests of their show and i'm sure they're just blasting it out to everybody that is the quickest way to ruin the relationship obviously maybe at that point it's just a numbers game and it it works for whatever they're doing but obviously we would not recommend doing anything close to to that yeah no Definitely not cool. So then, yeah,
0: I think I think a good place to sort of start to come down is around this second strategy of it's something we've been talking about actually internally a lot because I think a lot of brands and companies, if you go look at their social profiles, they don't really know. It seems like they don't really know how to use social media or what. Like maybe they're doing it because like you just need to have it. You know what I mean? It's like everyone has a everyone has a Twitter handle, so our company is a Twitter handle, but it's sort of like. I think some of them, you know, some companies might struggle for inspiration to know what to put out or what's going to add value. And so I think a podcast is a really great way because, again, no one wants to listen to a 30 to 60 minute commercial. So every episode is designed to bring people value. So then it's the same thing that you're trying to do on social. Like no one wants to go through your company's Twitter handle or LinkedIn page or Instagram account and... See more about what you do. Like you need to be entertaining. You need to entertain them, make them laugh, brighten their day, help them do their job better, whatever it may be. And and so if, if your episodes are doing that, there's this way that you mentioned that you can sort of draw out 10, 20, 30 pieces of, of content from a single episode and turn them in, you know, so one episode can become 10 tweets, 10 LinkedIn posts, 10 Facebook posts, 10, you know, Instagram posts, whatever, and get mixed into your, to what you're already doing with marketing. So talk a little bit, I guess, about that. And is that only for, is that B2B? Is that B2C? Is that all of them? How do you think about that?
1: Yeah. So this can be applied across the board, um, no matter what your model is, or no matter what your industry is, simply because in a world where, Things are moving to a point where products and services are getting commoditized at like an unprecedented level because the number of companies that are in existence and competing with each other is just growing like obviously by huge amounts every year. The way to stand out from that is to build a brand voice and appeal via content. That helps the people you're you're trying to do business with in such that they care about you and that is the differentiator to do business with you over a competitor where maybe they would have previously just been comparing on like feature by feature or you know specific use case or methodology or things like that that might be like micro differences. And so it's our assertion that, Really, every company should be creating some sort of content. And on top of that, we believe that a podcast is one of the best ways to create content. And the reason for that is exactly what you described, which is you can turn the podcast content into pretty easily. Obviously, it requires some work and some structure around it, but pretty easily into many, 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 many pieces of other content. So instead of you opening up Twitter... So you're on the marketing team and you're opening up Twitter and you're like, what am I going to tweet like today? I have to just come up with something like off the top of my head, or I have a running list of ideas that I came up with that I'm going to tweet. Instead of like having for yourself to become that like idea generating factory, you can use the podcast as a source for that information and either directly like directly writing what a guest or what the host said um, and attributed it to them. And it's like so insightful and maybe you have like a, a nice graphic to go with it or what have you. And so it could be directly what was said on that, but it could also be your own layers of nuance and context that was brought up from the idea that was expressed in the podcast. And yeah. you can turn a podcast into a transcript. You can turn that transcript into three articles, if you want, where you take just three of the best nuggets from that and turn that into a, a thousand word article each. And then you could also turn each of those into LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I mean, all so, every, every single channel you could possibly put content out on and do it contextually for that platform. So LinkedIn has its own style of content that right. I'm sure you're aware of, like when you go and you hop on LinkedIn, like people are producing content in in a certain style. Same with Twitter, same with Facebook, same with Instagram. So you can basically wrap the content that you're pulling from each episode into every single channel in the way that makes the most sense for that channel. And again, the beautiful thing is, is like you didn't have to go open up Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and just start from scratch. You have every week, let's say you're doing a weekly episode, every week you know, you're going to be getting a 20-page transcript of some of the most insightful people in your industry talking for 30 minutes that you can pull information and ideas from to use to create content for your own site. And of course, you like you can link back to the episode and things like that, but it's not really like necessarily a tool for promoting your episode. It is a tool for generating content for your brand. Mhm. And so that's a little bit of how we're thinking about that. What do you
0: think? Yeah, no. I mean, I was going to say this is something that we, you know, for transparency, anyone who's listening, this is something that we're going, you know, we're going to be working on doing even better in the future. And as we've begun to sort of wrap our heads around this and take a stab at it, it is it is amazing how much like for me in my head of marketing role, there's a lot I want to say about podcasting about marketing about, you know, Thoughts on marketing, like thoughts on brand versus direct, like all like, but then there's this dynamic of these episodes, these interviews you're doing for brands that podcast. And so as I'm reading through the transcripts of these episodes and I'm looking at them, you know, these guests are making really good points, right? So they're drawing out insights. So it's sharing what's worked for them. They're they're saying what's been really good. So for me, it's exactly what you said. It's a chance to I read something and maybe, maybe a couple of them are like direct quotes. Like maybe a couple of them are, are really, really like the way they said it was like spot on. It's like, man, you can't improve upon that. Like we're going to quote them. We're going to put their image, like we're going to like, you know, at them, like whatever and, and be like, yeah, like they, like they said, this is amazing. And then other of it is like, they said something in kind of a roundabout way, but man, it really sparked five other thoughts in me you know, it really sparked this whole idea. Like, I think they're dead on about this. And, and I'm thinking of like five different ways to say it. I mean, because there's so many, it's like one thing that your guests can say, or that, you know, that you maybe say in an episode, it produces like all these thoughts that you want to share them with your audience. And so again, you know, the premise here is it's all based on value. It's all, it's all based on, you know, if your episodes are, are seeking to add value to the people that are listening to you, then you're gonna be able to draw out all these insights to the people that are following you. And then all of a sudden your social channels, hopefully, are gonna look less like, hey, look at us, hey, look at us, hey, look at us, and more like, hey, here's a piece of advice, here's a tip, here's an insight, here's like, you know, something to make you laugh. I mean, whatever your whatever your brand voice is, maybe it's very entertainment driven for you. It's like here's something to make you laugh. I don't know. But yeah, I think I think it's been very, very powerful. And I found that it's been just exploring the sort of ins and outs of how to do this in a, in a sustainable way is like, it's amazing how many pieces of content one episode can generate. Like, you know, you're literally looking at like 50 between if you're, if you're counting all the tweets, you know, LinkedIn posts, Facebook posts, Instagram posts, whatever. And then maybe like a long form medium article and a blog article, you're talking like 40 pieces of content from every episode that could go out every single week. And that's not even me getting to share like anything from the company's perspective that we want to share
1: yet. And what's crazy about this is like it's kind of a reverse way, again, to think about the value of a podcast because in just like intuitively before you really dive into the world of podcasting and you've heard about it and, and maybe exploring starting one, you think I'm going to create a 30-minute audio piece and like I need to build up a huge listenership and all the value is going to be through the episodes and through the audio. What we're saying and like what we've kind of realized is All of this amazing content is locked up actually in the audio and we shouldn't be so determined to, yes, like we're, we're a podcast company. Like we love podcasting, listening to them and all the other benefits that come from having one or being um, interested in them, but we shouldn't be so determined to push all of our audience to have to listen to an entire 30 minute episode in order to get the value from that episode. Maybe they prefer to read. Maybe they prefer to like to click a 30 second clip on Instagram and just listen to that little clip. We should be able to, to find ways to, to extract all the value and nuggets and wisdom from every episode and put that in a way in every format possible, on every platform possible. So that we can get to the people we want to get to in the way that they most like to consume content.
0: Yeah. Because to your point, if they're on Twitter, they're trying to read tweets. They're not trying to maybe exactly. listen to it. Like, so that's the thing, right? May- maybe one out of every five, you do link over to the full episode. You do embed it on, on your, in your tweet, you know, you say, listen to the full episode here and they can, if they want.
1: Yeah. And, and the other thing I'll say is like a huge part of what we're, we're going to talk about how to grow a podcast on a separate episode But a huge part of it is having guests on that ideally have some sort of audience themselves and them promoting the podcast. And again, from from seeing behind the scenes of of a lot of podcasts and how they operate, it's pretty shocking how many do not actually provide that great of resources or assets for us as a guest to promote the episode that I was Hmm. on or one of our clients was on on their show. Right. So like if we were to promote it, first off, for the most part, we actually don't get emails when the episodes even go live. So that's number one. Um, We don't even get an episode, an episode is live email. That's yeah, that's kind of surprising. But on top of that, it's very rare for us to get like, hey, we wrote an entire article around this episode that we we were inspired by this thing you said. And we wrote a thousand word article on it, as well as whatever other pieces of content that were generated from that person's insight that is going to blow them away that you went to that level of depth on creating material around their episode that it is such a give to do that and send that over to that person that the them reciprocating is going to be at a much higher level of possibility than it would otherwise. And that just gives you more chances more at bats to get in front of new people. So yes, like this content in and of itself, what we're saying is you're going to be dispersing it to people who already are aware of you. They're on, they follow you on Twitter. They follow you on Instagram. Some of it might get shared and, and hopefully go some sort of viral in quotes, like, and, and give you more at bats to do that. For the most part, it will be circulated within, within your, your core audience already. But another use case for this is you've you've gone above and beyond more so than almost any other podcast this guest has likely been on and you're giving them assets to make them look good. If you've if you've written a whole article around a nugget that they said or you have some quote cards or some some clips or things that make them look good, that is obviously going to give them a, a more incentive to share it and and get it in front of their folks. So I wanted to mention that as well. We'll talk about that separately, probably in in a separate episode, though.
0: Yeah, I think it falls under a long list of things to do to grow your podcast. But to your point, it's not that I shouldn't say it's not that hard of a thing to do. It depends on the level of complexity you want. But yeah, if you if you want to make a standout video clip, with maybe like the person's quotes, like they're, like the quote they're having, the words are flying on the screen with like their with like their social, you know, uh, image in the upper left, and like their Twitter handle or like whatever, like whatever you can do to call attention to like, hey, this guest was on; it was an honor. Here's some things that they said that were really valuable, and here's a really cool and packaging that up in an asset that is going to make sense for for your guests, maybe for them, it is a long form article, maybe for them, it's a video, or it's something they can add to their Instagram stories. I don't know, you know, whatever it is that fits your guest, they are going to be much more likely to share that. And it is actually really surprised. I'm surprised. I didn't know that from your end of from your side of things, how few you would think that would be step number one would be like, here's the episode you are on. Here's a link to it, please share it with anyone who will listen, you know, something like that.
1: I think it's, you know, we'll talk about this some more too when it comes down to like how to produce a podcast effectively and, and things like that. Cause all of these things play together. But when you're trying to grow a podcast simply by nature of pumping out episodes, some of the things that are that we're talking about here that we believe are the true value of having a podcast don't get done. Because mm-hmm. the marker of success that you have is how many episodes. Like if I get to a hundred episodes. I'm sure this podcast will be successful by then. So I just need to get to 100 episodes. Right. And by default, the things that need to happen for this to ROI for me will happen at that point. And what we're saying is that is the wrong KPI to have um, for this. It, it's actually more effective to do a bi weekly podcast, do two a month instead of four a month. If you can do all of these things around it that are going to give you the best chance of success the quickest rather than simply just trying to pump out episode after episode. And then all these things are falling through the cracks that would help you actually get what you want from it. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that's a good place
0: probably to wrap it up Um as far as making the most of your podcast. If there are ever things that you want to hear as listeners, if we don't, like, if there's something burning question you have that we didn't cover today, go to brandsthatpodcast.com forward slash high and let us know and tell us what we can cover. Hopefully we can get to the point where we're answering questions from you and things like that in the future. But I think this is a good place to wrap it up. But The, the premise being, if you're going to run a show, don't just build it and wait for them to come and wait for people to come listen and assume that it's unprofitable or not worth it. Like if, even if you don't have one subscriber, take that audio content and use it. Use it for your sales team use it for your support staff, put it in front of prospective customers, turn it into 50 pieces of content to share on social media, be proactive with it and make the most of it. Because otherwise you're doing this thing that like it could yield so much more, but you're just kind of letting it sit out there. And I think that, you know, that you you can be way more proactive than that. So that's all I have for today. Anything else to add, Eric?
1: This is super nerdy, but like and probably weird but like sometimes i get goosebumps when i think about all these pieces like falling in place together for a podcast but i'll be sure not to to tell my wife that i get goosebumps from thinking about podcasting <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure i'm pretty sure she cool knows that by is, now, but
0: given that you started a company based around it no yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, awesome well we'll we'll uh, chat with all of you guys next week tune in for the next episode And as always, let us know how we're doing. Feel free to review the podcast. Let us know how we're doing there. That would make a big difference for us. And also go on LinkedIn and share it. If there We'll ask you if there is someone in the business world, a CMO, a head of marketing, a founder that you think would be helped, inspired. If this would add value to anybody's life, go ahead and share it with them. And we'll talk to you next week.
1: Later.